Eagles Entertainment. With the 13th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft Podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft Podcast, presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and round two and three are in the books for the 2022 NFL Draft. The Eagles have selected Nebraska center Cameron Jurgens and Georgia linebacker Nakobe Dean, two huge additions to this team. After making two huge additions on Thursday night with A.J. Brown and Jordan Davis, the Eagles do it again, and it's going to be a lot of fun breaking these two players down. Jurgens and N'Kobe Dean obviously come in uh, and have that ability to be able to compete early. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch them not just compete here in the spring, but also when we get into the summer in training camp. But before we get there, we got to talk about them, and we're going to do that here in Draft Buzz. Ben Fennell, Dane Brugler, live from Vegas. We're going to break it down with both of those guys and get a sense of how these two players fit here in Philadelphia. Before we get there, the number one thing I want to ask you guys to do, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've been listening to the Journey of the Draft podcast this whole time, throughout the pre-draft process, going back through the fall, and you haven't left us a review yet, you haven't let us know what you think of the pod, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I would appreciate anybody that takes just 30 seconds. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Please, it does us wonders to push us up the, the rankings there to make this podcast more available to others looking for NFL Draft podcasts. That said, let's get into this here. Excited to talk through Cameron Jurgens and Nicobe Dean. It's time for Draft Buzz. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, let's dig into the second day of the NFL draft here as I welcome in Ben Fennell and Dane Brugler. And guys, we'll start with the Eagles' second-round pick, 51st overall, Nebraska center Cameron Jurgens. We've been talking about him going back into the fall. He's been on the radar now for a couple of years uh, just because of his background, his story, converted tight end, makes the move to center, a three-year starter, the first freshman starter at center for Nebraska since the early 70s. And uh, I know Bruce Feldman was all over it as he made the transition that this would be a guy to watch for the NFL down the road. And three years later, here we are. He's a second-round pick. So, uh, Dane, I'll come to you first. You almost hit it right on the nose, a top 50 selection. He was number 49 on your final board give us your scouting report your thoughts here on what the eagles are getting in cameron jurgens yeah and i felt like i was a little bit on an island i don't know many other people that had him as a top 50 player but with jurgens is almost the second round version of tyler linderbaum except jurgens is much longer and is a little heavier with his build and so obviously the things that working in his favor but being a converted tight end still learning the position there's some undisciplined parts of his game but you're banking on the athleticism that he plays with. He started 31 games. So yes, he just made the transition when he got to Nebraska, but he's been, he has a lot of experience with what he did in the big 10. He's twitched up. The combines what really sold me with Cam Jurgens. 6'3, 305, almost 33 and a half inch arms. And he tested well above average, especially for a player that size. So not only to play quickness and the movement skills, but the competitive energy the toughness, things that you need from your center. So just a lot of checked boxes with him. And yeah, he was only a center, but I do think that if you wanted to, he could compete at guard as well. And then Ben, you know, you work very closely with Daniel Jeremiah and DJ has been one of those guys that has been all over Cam Jurgens since the fall, kind of pointing to that Ohio State game early in the season. I know you've studied that game and others with Cam Jurgens. Give us your thoughts on, on Jurgens and uh, how he can transition to this Eagles offense, an offense you know well. Yeah, I thought the Ohio State tape and that Oklahoma tape in particular were really the eye-poppers. 
uh, to really show his athleticism, the nasty, the finish. To really see how he works well on the perimeter, whether it's, you know, getting out in the screen game, running back screens, wide receiver screens, climbing up to the second level. Has a very similar profile to Tyler Linderbaum, like Dan had said, except with better length, longer legs, higher cut. And I thought you really saw that down at the combine with some of those movement pattern drills and just how lean and, uh, you know, swift and agile he was in his movement patterns. You could see that, you know, that former kind of tight end profile and athleticism. And being an undersized guy in the trenches, you can survive at center. You know, we've seen Jason Kelsey be a all-pro center for a number of years, excelling and using his athleticism to his advantage. That's Cam Jurgens. And my concerns are all the concerns you want out of an alignment. A little too aggressive, a little too nasty at times. I'd rather dial that guy back than try to ramp up the timid guy. A couple penalties at times, but he loved to finish. He's a bit of a bulldog type. He knew he was undersized. He knew... He had to finish to the echo of the whistle, had to give a little extra there to kind of make up for his lack of size and tenacity of strength. But I think Cam Jurgens is a really interesting profile for Jeff Stoutland. And I think somebody you can really use in a lot of variety of ways, not only in the run game, but uh, the screen game as well. Dane, you do so much background work on all of these players, and we've talked a little bit about Jurgens, four-time state champ in the discus, three-time state champ in the shot put. Often when we're talking about linemen, we'll always highlight the, the former wrestlers, right, the guys that show that ability to win with their hands and understand leverage. Talk about what that means when you have the discus and the shot put in terms of, like, transitioning power to the football field. No doubt, and he comes from a family of track stars. His mother set the school record at Nebraska High School in his shot put. She was an All-American at the NAIA level, uh, Nebraska Kearney. So has that pedigree, has the, those bloodlines, and he did it throughout high school. So uh, he also led her to basketball, uh, just an all-around athlete. And like you said at the top, a tight end in high school. He did, had zero offensive line experience, zero center experience when he went to Nebraska, registered to that first year, and then made that transition. And, and he did so not only just adding the weight, but – learning how to play with his, his hand on the ground consistently. You see a guy that when you have that experience in track with the discus, with the shot put, and you're talking about that, some of that lower body explosion, you're talking about some of the, the, the upper body precision, the timing, the technique, all of that translates. And so Cam Jurgens, an all-around athlete, and, and you see that on the field, I agree with a lot of what Ben said too about the, the scheme fit and just where his strengths align with some of the things that the Eagles want to do. So I, I really like the match between skill set, talent, and, and then scheme and what, what the Eagles offense wants to look like. And we've talked about how he has that length and how that can help him compared to some other center prospects that we see every year in the draft where, you know, maybe they've got shorter arms or a little bit more undersized. You know, like this guy's a center only. Ben, we harp all the time about versatility, not just overall big picture about offensive linemen and their transition to lead, but especially to this system here in Philadelphia and how important versatility is and how they prioritize it. We've seen it time and time and time again, how valuable versatility can be for offensive linemen on this team. And and it seems like they, they plan on Jurgens being able to be that swing backup early in his career to be able to fill in at either guard spot as well as at center. Well, with Jason Kelsey coming back, you know he's going to be the mainstay center. So it's kind of open season and free game for Cam Jurgens to learn some other spots. Could be some guards. I wouldn't rule out a swing tackle type of role for him at times too. I think he has a really interesting profile to be creative in this first year, second year. I'm not willing to say Cam Jurgens is really anything right now except a really interesting prospect to the O-line room. And that's all you have to worry about. It's April. Just add good players to the roster. 
figure out the rest over the summer into camp into the season. So I'll take you guys inside uh, my world as we're sitting here in the practice bubble at the Novacare Complex, just kind of following along on social media and checking out, okay, what are Philly beat writers talking about as the draft is unfolding? And as we're getting closer and closer to the Eagles second round pick, everybody kind of has their eyes on back seven linebacker corner safety. Who are some of those players that are still on the board? And so when the announcement is made for the center cam Jurgens, a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't believe they didn't go linebacker. I can't believe they didn't go safety here, but there was a surplus of linebackers available in particular. You look at some of the linebackers that were still on the board at that point. So I was interested to see by the time the Eagles got back on the clock, how many of those guys would still be available and credit to Howie Roseman and the pro scouting staff, because the, the pro staff, not necessarily the college staff, but the pro staff, they are in charge of understanding team needs from around the league. You have your teams that you're responsible for and say, yeah, we feel pretty good that not enough of these teams here between our two picks are going to go linebacker. Lo and behold, Nicobe Dean falls to them. Uh, and that's a, that was one thing they were nervous about on pins and needles as they waited for that third round pick to arrive. Nicobe Dean's on the board and they pull the trigger there. He becomes a Philadelphia Eagle. So, Dana, obviously, Nicobe Dean, the slide was unexpected. No one really thought that Nicobe Dean could fall this far in the draft. We don't necessarily need to talk about like the whys behind it because it seems like it's kind of unknown. Uh, as we're recording this, he just finished his availability with Philadelphia Media and he was like, look, like, I'm going to be ready to go for rookie minicamp. I don't. And Howie Roseman said uh, he doesn't need surgery. So whatever this like mystery injury situation and all the different rumors swirling around that, as we sit here today, Saturday evening, it doesn't really look like that's going to be a factor. But the Eagles, regardless, end up with one of the more talented linebackers, one of the more skilled linebackers in this draft. I told you on Wednesday uh, earlier this week that the Eagles came away with two Georgia defenders, Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean. We all would have said the same thing. Oh, they used both first-round picks on Georgia players. That's cool. Uh, Well, no, that's not how it worked out. It's amazing how the draft, every year, we see these surprises. And, you know, talking to a scout uh, this morning about Dean, he said they flagged the pec, the knee, but it wasn't long-term stuff. It wasn't surgery stuff. It was just wear and tear. And maybe because of his size, 5'11", 230, not a big linebacker. You worry about him being beat up a little bit. But where the Eagles were able to land him, the value far outweighs any of the risks that you talk about. The intelligence that he plays with is just jumps off the charts. And this is a player that at the high school level on the Buckus Award nationally as the best linebacker in the country. Goes to college, same thing, wins the Buckus Award as the best linebacker nationally at that position. So everything that you want in a linebacker, he's got a lot of that. You, t- you talk about the football character, the intelligence, his processing speed the way that he moves with, with his range, his blitzing skills. He can drop in coverage. Nakobe Dean, maybe not ideally the size, but Nakobe Dean has all the traits that you want at linebacker, and there's no way around it. I mean, the Eagles got to steal with Nicobe Dean. And while medicals are streamlined in the NFL through the combine and through rechecks, you get the information, you get the scans and the images, but then it's 32 individual teams assessing that information, evaluating the information. So there may be different perspectives on the medicals varying from team to team. And just a collective statement for fans wondering, guys maybe falling in the draft. You don't always have the full picture of the puzzle that teams may have, whether it's, you know, personal stuff, off-field stuff, medical stuff. The film is only one part of the equation that a lot of people outside those teams have. Understand the limitations of the tape, too. So whether it's N'Kobe Dean or any other prospect maybe falling in the draft, 
you just have to understand, you don't always have all the information on the outside. So you always have to leave a little bit of that void of saying, I don't have the full puzzle. The teams do. And I got news for you. 32 teams have 32 different puzzles that they're putting together on these players. So while, you know, some teams may say he's not on our board, some teams might have had him in the first, some teams might have had him in the middle of the, the draft. That's what makes it so exciting, so unpredictable, such a marquee event to watch this draft because you never know. But it's just a understanding that, hey, you know what? You may not have all the answers in the outside world. And it's one thing, you know, we always try and get it across in our on the clock segments, right? Is like every team operates when they're under a different set of guidelines with what they look for across all the positions and across the entire draft, right? And so, uh, you know, you can go through an exercise. And if we said, going back to you, Dane, using your example, if we go back to Wednesday and say, oh, yeah, Chad Muma, Christian Harris, and Nicobe Dean and Leo Chanel are they're all those guys, they're all falling to the third round. We said, like, that's insane. Like what, what happened that all three of those guys, well, well, Troy Anderson went a little bit earlier. You had a couple of the other linebackers who went a little bit earlier. Uh, you had the other linebackers fall a little bit right at the top of the draft. So like all of a sudden, well, those other get those other positions get prioritized and you get a couple linebackers that fall uh, and it happens every year at different positions. And so that kind of speaks to exactly what you're saying, Ben, is that different runs happen at different positions. One guy gets prioritized and that bumps down a couple of others. And that's based off one team's decision. It's not exactly how the entirety of the league uh, feels on the subject. Uh, Dane, just kind of going back to the character stuff on Eagles draft central after the pick, I read through some of the, the buzzwords that you would put out in terms of his character, uh, Nicobe Dean and kind of what he brings brings to the table. I spoke with a scout during the process that said he was the highest character player in the entire Southeast region. Uh, a guy that was the, the alpha dog of the, all the alpha dogs on that Georgia defense. You know, you go on and on and on. I don't know if you have the ability to share any of your kind of anecdotes that you've gotten from scouts in terms of talking about Dean, but certainly from an intangible standpoint, he brings a ton of value on that side of things. And coaches just rave about him. The uh, culture changer, that, that was a, a, a phrase that was used with him. And we're talking high school and college. Several coaches use these terms, selfless, intense, smart, and a guy that on the field and off the field, it's not just what he does on the tape. It's how he carries himself on the sideline, in, in the locker room, just in the football building. The way he carries himself is what you want from a leader, for, especially from your middle backer, a guy that's orchestrating the defense. He doesn't have to be the loudest voice in the room, but when he talks, people listen. And that is a common theme with N'Kobe Dean. He brings that natural leadership, and it's just it's very natural for him. Uh, I think he's very comfortable in that role. And with the way he processes, that's something that it's maybe a little bit easier for him than it is for some of his teammates, but he's not uh, afraid to take a teammate under his wing and maybe, you know, work with them a little bit with what he's seeing. You know, he's so good with the key read flows part of playing football. And he's very good at, uh, you know, passing that on to his teammates. And we see that uh, we see it on a tape and that's what scouts and coaches talk about. Yeah, And these aren't just good players. These are culture changers. And you think back to last year, who'd we take Fran? Who'd the Eagles draft? Devontae Smith, Lander Dickerson. Yep. Off of a national championship season. Those are culture changers. Those are guys that come in expecting to win. Very professional. Turn around to this year, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean off of a national championship. These are culture changing players to our organization. And just to call it out, there's been a bit of a stigma with the Philadelphia Eagles over the last decade of not going after these big time schools and the prospects from these major powerhouses. Going to the Alabamas, going to the Georgias, 
heavily relying on SEC players. I think some Eagles fans out there kind of taking a collective sigh of relief and saying, these are the top flight players from top flight programs, from winning programs, culture changers. And I think that's all going to translate to really good professionals. And real quick, last thing on, on the Kobe Dean and just kind of talking about him on the field in the structure of this Jonathan Gannon defense. Uh, obviously, you know, nothing's guaranteed in terms of a starting job or anything like that. But when you look at the other linebackers in that room, exactly how he kind of fits in, how do you feel like he fits in what they want to try and do defensively? Well, I feel like, you know, he has a, a really interesting ability that he has take on ability as toughness, but he can be a run and chase guy with his explosiveness and space. He'd also be a sub rusher, a sub blitzer. He's a guy that's been detached and played out in coverage. He does a lot of different things really well. He does it tough. He does it physically. He does it with a lot of intensity. He does it with football IQ and very disciplined. I think that Kirby smart defense is really a kind of a interesting kind of scheme to evaluate and how it's rubbing off on other colleges and now into uh, Sundays. I think adding a Jordan Davis and a Kobe Dean the versatility of these guys can bring to Jonathan Gannon's defense, I just think is absolutely endless. Well, gentlemen, we are uh, two-thirds of the way through uh, the 2022 NFL draft. You guys both need some sleep. You guys both need some food. I will let you go uh, and get a little bit of both here before day three gets underway. Long day tomorrow, but we'll be back uh, after all the action is done here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand, breaking down all the Eagles' day three picks. We'll do all that uh, tomorrow. Ben, Dane, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, so good stuff there from Dane and Ben. We'll be back tomorrow, like I said, here on the Journey of the Draft podcast as the 2022 NFL Draft comes to a close. Eagles uh, looking to make a couple more additions to this roster tomorrow. We'll break it all down right here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.